percussionist, composer, public artist, educator, and arts entrepreneur, Maria Finkelmeyer has spent her whole life asking questions she's only now getting the answers to. A chronic disruptor, Maria's work is about reaching unusual audiences in unusual spaces in unusual ways, all while asking, why is any of this unusual to begin with? During our conversation, we discuss rules, who makes them, and the joy in breaking them, sexism in the industry, artificial intelligence, and the role it can play in storytelling, and so much more. I'm Jay Cottle, and this is Maria's Lab. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dexter's Lab. I'm here with Maria Finkelmeyer, and I am so excited uh, to get into your life today, your work, your brain, if I'm being completely honest. So thank you so much, and welcome, Maria. Uh, thanks for having me, Jay. I'm really excited, and um, I can't wait to hear your questions. Yes, yes. Um, so this first one is really, uh, I'm always interested to hear um, how people answer this. So tell me about yourself in whatever way that makes sense for you. Oh, that is the most broad and open question. So right. I will try to keep it under a 60-minute answer. <laughs> um, well, I, I am an artist, and um, my practice really stems from my practice as a percussionist. So I grew up playing piano and drums in, mm -hmm. in, in high school and in band and have a degree in percussion performance, which means mm -hmm. I um, can play marimba and I can play timpani and I've done orchest orchestral work and chamber music. And, um, and since then, I think that practice has just really given me a curiosity for sound and a curiosity for the world that is really um, unique to that idea of like what vibrates and how do how do how does sound get created and how can you react mm. to it um so so now my practice is kind of multidisciplinary in the sense that I like to design projects that are in the public space I like to work in galleries and concert halls but I think at the like um foundation of my work is this idea of how to get music performance um kind of immersive art beyond walls, like beyond traditional spaces. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, and I'm also a parent and a wife and a daughter and mm -hmm. many other things um, that kind of, you know, all come together to, to make each day go by. Beautiful. <laughs> Slowly during COVID, but they each day goes by. <laughs> right. Uh, like molasses, but it's still going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I want to, I want to kind of get into that. So what is behind your why for trying to kind of make um, these artistic engagements more expansive and, and outside mm -hmm. the traditional and outside the, what inspires mm -hmm. that in mm -hmm. particular? Yeah, I think it's actually um, kind of deeply rooted and I was um, kind of uh, taught and brought up in this very like traditional space mm -hmm. of concertized music. And, mm -hmm. um, but concurrently I was like playing in a like punk rock band in high school which is hysterical no you cannot Love listen it. to the recordings ah. and then <laughs> and then also like playing in marching bands like I love marching band I'm from Ohio so like football mm. and marching band was really big a part of uh, my like growth and my mm. kind of discipline actually discipline training and sure. but this idea that like music can be outside was like oh mm. yeah of course great that but again on the other side of that was like 
like steeped in this like Western European traditional classical field where you like Mm -hmm. have a program and you do a concert and people clap. And, Mm. and I remember I so distinctly like in my undergrad, um, like looking out and being like, who's at this concert? Mm. Like, why does this matter? And like having these deep, what, well, I didn't realize they were pretty so deep at the time, Mm. but I was like, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Who is it for? And, and I started asking myself those questions without really answering them, to be honest. Like I still went for like a master's degree and then I still kind of just performed and took auditions, which is a very like quote unquote traditional pathway. And, but still kind of always like with this big question of why. And Mm. I think as I began to meet other artists, understand other disciplines, like Mm. what is public art? What is architecture? What is, you know, Mm. visual art? What do muralists do? Like Mm. I began getting really curious and, then thought more about that question of who and why and Mm. just started to experiment with okay what would it take to make you know you know performance art outside like Mm. and and you know using my aesthetic as a percussionist so like this Mm. idea of using hands and sticks to make sound um Mm. so i think it really evolved over time and i you know i will say too it's only in the past maybe three four years that i felt like ah like I'm mm. starting to get there. I'm starting mm. to answer questions. But, um, you know, what I I really am most excited about when I'm able to create work in the public space is it's it's meeting people where they are. It's, yeah. it's also like, you know, really embracing the idea that, um, you know, music and art is for the community, is sure. for... And, and, you know, I, I still get nervous sometimes, like, going to a museum and, like, mm. am I allowed to do this? Should I do this? Even right. a concert, like, I want to clap. I want to hoot yes. and holler. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we're, like, also with some of my projects, like, bringing more comfort into just yeah. embracing experience yeah. um, fundamentally. So, because, you know, I still love playing concerts where people mm. come and listen. I like mm. to, for them to be very conversational events, mm-hmm. but um, I think they go hand in hand with just people being comfortable. I want I want listeners and, and enjoyers of art to just get to embrace it the way they want to. Like, mm. I don't want to create the rule for you. You get to create the rule. So that's that's been really important to me in my practice. That's really interesting. I had, I'm fascinated by this and I have like 9 million follow-up questions. Okay, good. <laughs> maybe a, it was, I feel like it maybe would be right before the pandemic. A friend of mine had a friend who was like performing mm-hmm. um, and it was a very small classical ensemble. And, mm-hmm. you know, the song would finish, but I guess the movement hadn't and I would be ready to clap and I'm looking around and it's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And then it seems like everyone knew when to clap. And I was yeah. just like, okay, oh, yeah. um, this is a weird tension here. And yeah. then I would say that it also feels, I love what you said at the end about you want your audiences to make their own rules because <laughs> particularly in classical spaces, whether that be visual arts, dance or music, it does feel like there are rules of engagement, right? right? Like right. we are determining how you show up and how right. we want you to behave right. and I feel like as we also have these conversations now about, you know, white supremacy and how that affects other spaces and how we feel, uh, to kind of be policed or managed in that way has a feeling that I sometimes do think contributes to if audiences even show up anymore to these spaces because it is like, 
Yeah. Do I want to be told how to be present, how to show up, especially yeah. if that conflicts with how I've been? So how do you feel about that, particularly in those yeah. spaces, as someone who oscillates between such extremes? Yeah, no, it's it's a beautifully um, worded question and in and, and, and context for what we're talking about, because, you know, I've had, I'm a trained, quote unquote, trained classical musician, and mm-hmm. I've gone to concerts and I've been like, oh, right. <laughs> you know, like that, you know, because you're moved and it's like, I want, mm-hmm. like, I make music to move you. And if mm. you're moved, tell me that it's moving. Mm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there is, um, there is this sense of why, like, why mm. does that rule? Like, I get artistically, if I want to make, write a really long piece of music and it, and, and, and I think silence and engagement is so cool and beautiful. Yeah. Even, I mean, um, I just did a big public artwork and it was, you know, light based and projection with a soundtrack and everyone mm. listened in their ears and they went outside and they, mm. they watched at the hat shell and, and you would still go and people were silent and listening and watching, mm. but then they could also talk and move. And I was, I was actually moved that people were so um, actually silent and watching and engaging yeah. in that space. I didn't yeah. tell them that they couldn't. And I was actually probably chattering with some friends here and there. And, right. and, and so people do want to engage in a way that is like thoughtful, but they mm-hmm. also, I think, uh, want to react. And that reaction mm-hmm. is, is what we're hoping to get. So, so I, I hope that, you know, if I, you know, if I do the next decade or so of my career, right, like balancing this idea Mm -hmm. of making people comfortable in the public space and their outdoor space that they frequent, if they can engage with really Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, large scale or just like, you know, continuous public art performance works, you know, I'm a musician, but also work in visuals, Mm -hmm. then maybe they're more comfortable crossing this threshold in a physical concert space. And they're like saying, sure. well, I've engaged with these over the years. I'm going to go to that and I'm going to feel really comfortable making my rules. And I'm going to, I know these artists. Oh, I've seen these artists outside in my community. I'm going to also mm. go and see that, you know, mm. space. I feel we kind of, um, I, you know, there's sometimes this like, if I need to be like this, this like artist. Oh, I don't know. You can't see my mm-hmm. face, but I'm making this face. that's like, you know, I, there's like <laughs> preciousness, but I want to like break down that preciousness yes, yes. and like, I want to be, you know, like next to you and, you know, creating and listening mm-hmm. and engaging with you. And, and I'm hoping that mm-hmm. like this real push to, to, you know, have more um, boundaryless art spaces is, is part of that, mm. that mission. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yes, I'll stop there actually. <laughs> Well, follow up to that. Yeah. So I, I love this idea that the spaces that I wouldn't even say that you're creating, let's say inhabiting and mm-hmm, repurposing mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. adding art to um, can maybe become an entry point into more artistic engagements for these audiences, right? These, these passerbys. And cool. so I wonder then if, because if you're saying that you're building a, or again, inhabiting a space where they get to make their own rules of engagement and can then maybe make those same rules in those spaces from a from a larger standpoint is that only specific to if they're coming to spaces that you inhabit in that space um i guess the larger question is is everyone else on the same page and <laughs> if not in terms of 
of the the creators about wanting to break down this you know dynamic that we've been discussing are there conversations that you're having like that or is it more that you're being an example of disruption and and hoping that that catches on Mm -hmm. i think there's um you know i think there's many of us with with similar kind of uh excitement in music um influenced by by classical music. Also, we need to like, mm. what is classical music? That's like a whole nother podcast of that kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah. but like kind of classically uh-huh. trained, quote unquote, whatever. Um, there's, a, I'm definitely not the only one. And um, additionally, mm. I think I'm getting more inspired by kind of the next generation because these conversations mm. are happening all the time at music schools. And there's, um, I worked in New England Conservatory for a long time in their entrepreneurial musicianship Mm. department mentoring students. And every student Mm. project was like, how can we shake up the concertized experience? Like, how can I engage with my audience? So these are questions that I think um, new musicians, young musicians that are just graduating are just kind of engaging with their art in in a professional manner um, are Mm. asking themselves. And I think there are new... Mm you know, there, there are new kind of experiments happening everywhere. There's some presenting mm-hmm. organizations that are experimenting with kind of how, how works are programmed, where they're programmed, what are, spaces are we inhabiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do mm-hmm. think it's a pretty slow slog <laughs> to get yeah. to, to really where I think mm-hmm. some of us envision where it's just like so accessible and so for sure. everyone. Um, but mm-hmm. I am encouraged by the creativity I'm seeing from um, from mm. the next generation and from a lot of artists trying to kind of, you know, break the molds and like question the molds. Like mm. I'm just constantly questioning mm. the molds. Like why does this mold exist? Why do we buy into mm-hmm. it? Why, you know, that kind of thing. So, and I mean, also I'm, I am <laughs> a woman, percussionist, composer, production mm. person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, why mm-hmm. am I following footsteps of males that have come before me? So I also question that a lot too. Yeah. Like, you know, um, mm. you know, and questioning means that you're just asking the questions. I don't have all the answers, but I'm trying to find answers yeah. through these art experiences. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been very much into the Enneagram lately, and um, you sound a lot like me. I feel like we're both eights, <laughs> but we'll talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> I, need, um, I have no idea what you just said, so, so like, let's talk about that later. <laughs> literally, like the, the eight is like a challenger. There's somebody that always asks those questions and challenges like yes. those pre-designed systems. And I'm just like, I'm getting a lot of eight vibes over here. Okay. Here's your eight, um, yeah. Right? So last question in this series, maybe, unless you say something else. Um, sure is how do you think COVID is affecting that? Because obviously a lot of people are having to pivot. A lot of, you know, we talk a lot about, quote, high art needing to evolve because we've already seen how it's unsustainable, that current model. And COVID has forced a lot of these organizations to be a lot more creative in how they do their work. And so do you think that's going to aid the change that you're talking about? I mean, and what, what do you think that looks like right now, and the, the long-term effects of that piece of it? That is a wonderful question. And I was just on the phone with a friend saying, can't wait to be like 10 years down the road and look back and like see what this like <laughs> new renaissance is because mm-hmm. like we can't predict it. We know there's something juicy going to come. But, you know, right. to be able to kind of like, you know, see into the future is, 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 is exciting, a challenge, mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. I do think that um, what COVID has taught us 
amongst many things is like the heroes among us, how science is incredible, how art is essential. Mm -hmm. And I hate the word essential Mm -hmm. now, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. is that just that like human connection cannot be, um, replaced like human. We need to connect physically with one another in the same space. The power Mm -hmm. of a stranger next to you is deep and it it can't Mm -hmm. be described. I think all of us now having Mm -hmm. not engaged with strangers feel a loss and we don't understand what that loss Mm -hmm. is. So I'm hoping, um, you know, what we're learning is that we're going to catalyze the energy of these people thinking differently about how art can be engaged with. Like, I hope large presenters are like, this is our time to just go. We're ready. And like, let's support experimental thinkers and people like Mm -hmm. urging human connection in new ways. Um, And Mm -hmm. while also reaching a lot of people, because now we know so much about technology that like, how can we, we like use that in ways that, you know, still support the human connection, but also are more accessible, kind of can reach more people. Because again, like what I was talking about Mm -hmm. before is this, this work in the public space is almost an educational opportunity. It's a space, it's a moment to say, this is for you, period. Mm -hmm. So how can we use technology Mm -hmm. to do that? This is for you. And then invite Mm -hmm. you into spaces that are, have been more kind of traditional or classical in the past. So I, I'm, I'm excited about the future. I'm, I'm exhausted. So I, I can't even like think about what the next year could look like, but I do think that we're ready as artists to reemerge. We are, and I do feel that I mean, I hope that, I guess I can only hope that like kind of some of the gatekeepers yeah. are thinking about this like as an opportunity rather yeah. than let's go back to status quo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully said. <laughs> okay. um, so now more about you. So okay. <laughs> why music? What made you pick percussion? So you're the second female percussionist I've okay. done a Dexter's Lab with. And you've already mentioned how you know, disruptive that is and, and how mm-hmm. unlikely that is. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering what drew you to music in general, but mm-hmm. then also to percussion specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So what drew me to music? I think um, the na- kind of, an, it just happened naturally. Like my, my parents um, are not musical at all. Um, however, in, put me and my brother into piano lessons when we were very young, kind of as like, you know, I can imagine I'm a parent. I'm like, okay, let's try sports. Let's try music. Let's try da 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 I did soccer too, right. mm-hmm. but I wasn't so great at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Piano, on the other hand, I was great. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a beautiful side anecdote is I am adopted. And I've found out more recently mm-hmm. that my biological mother is very artistic. And it's kind of, kind of, wow. for me, kind of had a little bit of a, a kind of um, completing the circle of understanding. I'm still completing mm-hmm. that circle, but... But I do think that my my instincts in music are are part of my nature, and the part that my my parents had this great intuition to just put me in piano lessons. Um, my brother's five years older, so I was always listening to him play. He started to play the drums when it was my turn. In in school, you like pick an instrument. They were like, "Why don't you do the drums? We have drums." And I was like, "That sounds fun." 
Like, I, sure. Okay. There was literally, like, I, yeah. sorry, Jay, I hope, I wish it was this, like, big moment. And I was like, oh, my, it's a drone. I love, so drawn. I love and it. I'm just like, it was totally economical. It was like, let's just yeah. do drums with you, too. But, uh, sure, sure. but I did have, I mean, it's so funny, right? I, it's so funny. But yeah. I, I was definitely drawn to, um, I liked that I could play a lot of different instruments and genres with like this yeah. one quote unquote instrument. Like I could play the snare mm -hmm. drum and then I could play the xylophone and the cymbals. And I just, mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. I thought I liked the individuality of percussion. I think I liked that it added like, in, like flavor to, to music, right? Like, sure. you know, yeah. you hear a song and then you hear the drums and you're like, oh yeah. Like it's mm -hmm. the little icing on top that when you don't have it, you're kind of mm -hmm. bummed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I just kind of really got into it. I just really went all in with, um, I played in a jazz band and marching band and symphonic band, all the bands. I was totally band nerd. Like they, they write TV pilots about people like me now. Um, like <laughs> I would have been on Glee. I would have been in marching band or whatever shows are out there. I don't right. know. But, um, and then just continued because it felt so natural, but I had no idea. Like when I look back on it, I was so green going to college, like majoring in music. I, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what career opportunities were there, weren't there, but I did have a fantastic, um, the school I chose in my undergrad was Ohio State University with a um, professor, Dr. Susan Powell. And the biggest reason I went there was mm. because uh, she was a woman. And I really was like, I, mm. I, I didn't. You know, though, I didn't maybe articulate it out loud, like, at the time, mm. but she was the one I was like, yes, like, I feel comfortable here. I want to learn from you. Like, mm. I can make mistakes in front of you. I can, you know, connect. I can yeah. see myself in you. So having that mm. strong female mentorship early on was really important yeah. to me. And, um, but I was always the only girl, aside from that, like, marching band, mm. like, um, you know, I actually was like named the leader in high school of the marching band and the snare drum and like nice. seven, seven guys quit because I was named the leader. No. Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. Wow. I was just reflecting on this actually with my lab project. I was like, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that was like sexist. I didn't understand that. Right. But, like, I reflect, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, they like couldn't handle. I was clearly, I was cl clearly like I. I earned the spot. Like we auditioned, we played, like I worked on it, you know, yeah. but the idea that they would just quit because they didn't get it. And I, it's just kind of bananas when I look yeah. back bananas. So, um, so yeah, I think fragile, fragile, totally, totally. And I wonder like, yeah. has that experience influenced me in subconscious ways? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, mm -hmm. I feeling, a, um, feeling moments of success in my adult career, like it's hard to reflect on like what, you know, how would have my career been different if I were a man? Like what would that yeah. would have been like? Right. And, and I can pinpoint, I mean, I could tell stories of course, but like, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm often questioning like, because I didn't question at the time, especially my like young upbringing, yeah. like I never thought about it. I yeah. never had a space to talk about yeah. it. And, and it was more yeah. of like, you're doing great. You're so unique. And like, it was always positive, yeah. but I wish I would have had this moment of like, actually, this kind of sucks. And why does this suck? Mm. And like, why, you know, why did, did do these systems 
exist that make me feel yeah. like I have to work so much harder and all these things. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, I've been reflecting on that stuff a lot lately. I cannot recall the mm-hmm. original question that you asked, <laughs> but um, it was it was that it was it was the why yeah. and how that felt. And I think yeah. it's the perfect segue into your lab project if you want yeah. to talk about what sure. that is and how that's going. Sure, totally. Thanks for asking. Um, so the project is called Threads of Assumption, the Biases You Weave. And um, the project, I don't know what it's going to end up being. It's going to be a performance mm. that integrates mm-hmm. you know, percussion music, visuals, and spoken word. And the idea is it's, it's um, my... Maybe not first, but it's my it's my challenge of myself to be vulnerable and to think about how gender-based harm has influenced my life and has influenced the life of others. Yeah. And um, yeah. I've, in the more recent years, been learning about artificial intel- intelligence, how to like infuse technology mm-hmm. into my work. I'm always asking that because I'm kind of the classic, like, yeah. I love life performance and I love humans. But we live in the 21st century, so how can we use the tools around us right. to like infuse in there? Yes. So, so you know, this mm-hmm. whole proposal was like, I want to use artificial intelligence. I want to collect stories and use them as data to mm-hmm. tell some bigger story. And so that's where mm-hmm. I started. And um, I've connected with two artists, Martha Rettig and Sophie Hodera. And they um, are digital artists that have helped me um, gain access to this program that takes conversation. So it would be just like you and I, Jay, talking. It anonymizes them, and then the AI agent actually tracks the sentiment of the conversation. So tracks Mm. the emotion based on tone of voice, based Mm. on inflection, based on language. And my idea is, and what I'm starting literally on Monday, is going to invite people to tell their stories of gender-based harm with a trusted Mm. friend, partner, family member. Mm. And this AI agent will take all the information, anonymize all the information, track the sentiment, Mm -hmm. and pull out keywords. Mm -hmm. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have all of these emotional threads and somehow translate those emotional threads and those keywords into a piece of music and into spoken word art um, and visuals. And, and, And the idea, again, is like if, if this if a computer can like track our emotional pain, can track the impact yeah. of these experiences, how can we mm-hmm. learn from that as a society? How can we mm-hmm. tell a larger story that we can't tell individually? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the questions I'm asking. Uh, it's been a really vulnerable journey. I've, it's taken a long time to really get it even to be able to speak about it articulately with you right now. So we're sure, talking in sure. a really lovely moment. And, and um, you know, yeah, I've been yeah. really grateful. I've worked a lot with the lab mentors on language and, and, and community mm-hmm. outreach because it is a sensitive, you know, you're asking mm-hmm. people to talk about traumatic experiences and what that means. So, yeah, um, so yeah we'll, we'll start to do outreach next week. And then the performance will be... Um, premiered at the end of June at the Goethe Institute um, in Back Bay, which I don't even know what that looks like. It might be live. It might be recorded. It might be like small audience. So we're, we're designing that um, as we go. But I think about projects like yours and to me, 
I'll tell you this. So Jasmine Sullivan, she's a singer, our, an mm-hmm. R&B singer, and she just released a project called Hotels. Mm-hmm. H-E-A-U-X. And uh, basically, like, she had conversations with women in her life, um, her mother and her mom's friends, so they were also intergenerational, some mm-hmm. of her friends, some celebrities, and they were just sharing their experiences of just, like, love and relationships and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And then she turned them into songs. Cool. And for me, I, I consider that, and it's, I always feel so, um, I don't know, highfalutin when I say this, but I'm, to me, I'm just like, this is arts-based research. This is sociological yeah. research yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. doing. And I feel like it's so powerful in its deceptiveness, right? And that like, it's not, we're not leading with, this is arts-based research and we're doing yeah. sociological research. No. But I feel like it is, it epitomizes that. It is, yeah. I'm hearing your story. I'm taking your story. I'm weaving them together with other people's stories. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we can begin to facilitate this conversation Mm -hmm. via this artistic work Mm -hmm. um, that has a lot of impact. And maybe even for you, as you're telling this story, you have a new awareness when you hear it in this like new sonic way. Right. And so is that the intention to like do that in that, again, sociological way, or was it really just more about as an artist being drawn to these stories and wanting to, to tell them I think you know I think it's 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 probably it's definitely both I think I've um definitely in interested in in how my story connects with other stories and how we all experience or how we all I'm curious how we talk about these issues actually this is what it comes down to like sure. I don't know how to talk about yeah. sexism I just don't. I, I experience mm. it. And when I try to engage mm. or when I try to tell stories, I never get it right. Like I never, you know, like when mm. I try to tell my story, it's like uh, I, it, because they're, they're so personal. Right. And and mm. I think for me, it's actually been this like question of how do we how do we tell stories and create conversations and in, in spaces of like reflection and dialogue that aren't are very personal, but also not personal at all. Like, how do we kind of take sure. them and, and say, okay, there are themes. There are, like, how can we mm-hmm. scientifically look at this? Can we, can we retrain? Mm-hmm. Can, you know, if we were used, like, mm-hmm. like technology, can we, like, find stories as data? And can we learn from that? Like, I'm just asking myself those mm-hmm. questions. And, and I think it's, for me, the, the research, and I actually do like thinking of it as research, is that, you know, I'm, I'm, into the next like portion of my life in which I am a mother and a teacher and a professor. And it's like, there's these questions are coming at me. And I think that, yes, I can Mm. share my story, but what if I shared a collective stories and collective learnings with young people Mm. that are trying to answer these Mm. questions that, that I never asked when I was a young person. So for me, it's, it's a lot about like, us learning how to talk to one another to speak about these issues and yeah. and I'm I'm curious you know it's it's what's most interesting to to me and and maybe not to anyone else is usually I'm like I can hear the project I can see the project I hear the music I see the performers I like mm-hmm. you know I start from like I I, I reverse engineer experiences right an art projects mm-hmm. this is like mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea what this looks like I have no idea what this sounds mm-hmm. like I have no idea how long it is. And it's really about the process and the research that is, that is the art to me. So that's been a really, um, for me, powerful, um, observation of my work and maybe growth moment of my work. And, 
um, made it hard to do. <laughs> Yeah, but I do think yeah. that the research is the art, the like conversations are the art and the hopeful community building and learning of, 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 of maybe we can find new ways to talk to one another um, is what I'm most excited yeah. about. Yeah. I'm resonating with something that you mentioned because uh, as an educator, I, I keep finding myself asking a, a question of there seems to be a lot of expectations that we put on each other as a society, but I'm, and those expectations are related to, you know, skills people should have, uh, a level of emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. literally the ability to pay taxes. And I'm, I'm just like, but when would they have learned them? Yeah. And, mm. and I mean this in a very like consistent, systemic, intentional way. Mm -hmm. Where are we building these educational points into people's lives? Mm -hmm. um, and very often it's that people happen to have families that might talk about these things mm -hmm. or happen to have had a mentor who did this thing, but there's no systematized way that we are preparing people for this. And so even as you talk mm -hmm. about, you know, how do you share your story? How do we discuss things like sexism? When would we have learned how to do that? And right. to hear right. you say that you're taking this art to now facilitate those moments for your students, I think is so powerful mm -hmm. and so necessary. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. And I, and I, 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 I don't know what the outcome for this will be. And I don't know what that system might may or may not look like, but hopefully there's this, and there's also this comfort too. I think it's, it's as an educator to, to feel like I have to, I have to create this framework, but I have to create it for myself yeah. first before I can create it for somebody right. else. And I think that's like, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. um, you know, even honestly, Jay, like admitting that like sexism has played a role in my history, like saying that out loud, mm -hmm. I couldn't have said that out loud like five years ago, even maybe three years ago. Yeah. So, you know, like mm -hmm. it's really been the past two years um, and a lot of actually reflection over this past year, getting this grant that I've been like to say that mm -hmm. out loud and to because in my industry too, like saying that out loud would have would have turned people away from hiring me. You know, like if, if, if it would have gone around like, well, you know, you know, Maria's like, you know, bad talking men, like, well, men hire me. Sure. So there's like this, there's this wow. fear of, of, you know, a, a real career um, kind of hurting yeah. your career. So, so just for mm -hmm. me to ha be in a space where I can say it's impacted my life. I own that. I think the systems need to own that. Let's mm -hmm. talk about it. So it doesn't impact other people's mm -hmm. lives or, you know, or we can at least talk about yes. it more. And, and also it's, it's all, it's not just for, you know, female identifying people or people who identify as gen genders in which are harmed in these ways. It's, it's, it's also mm -hmm. that like male counterparts being able to like, just talk yes. and not feel, mm -hmm. a, you know, attacked or, you know, mm -hmm. because I think, you know, then you kind of put up an emotional shield. Um, so anyway, yeah. that's, they're pretty lofty, like I things and ideas, and I don't, you know, know it's one little art piece, but it's one little art piece, you know. So yeah. it's hopefully yeah. there will be some something. And and I do, you know, what if I gave this this technology and this rubric to a, an artist with different identifications? Um, what would they do with it, you know? And maybe there's like this yeah. way that there can be different conversations and different like weaving of stories that occur over the next, you know, decade through this 
kind of seed of an idea. Yeah. So yeah. literally it's funny because, uh, and as you just said that my brain was just like, okay, so you're taking threads of individual stories into weaving kind of like your tapestry. Yeah. But like, what if now your tapestry is a thread in a larger tapestry, right? Like that sounds so cool totally, to me. Totally, totally. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's so, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it because um, it, like when I, when we zoom back, I'm like, there's a lot of pride in the vision. And then when I kind of get down, there is a lot of like slogging in the mud of just, okay, we can do this. We can do this. So I appreciate this kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, excitement for it and, and conversation around it. Yeah. 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 I, like I said, it's fascinating. Thanks. So uh, I want to be clear. We're like three fourths of the way through this conversation. Awesome. I have not asked you now one of my prepared questions. Oh, so here yeah. we go. That's <laughs> when you know it's a good conversation. <laughs> it's a good conversation, right? Okay. So what is creativity to you? What does that mean? What does it look like? Yeah, I mean, I think creativity is a individualized manifestation of an idea. And it's, mm. it's mm. being able to take I don't want to say blank slate because I don't think any creativity is launched from nothing. I think all creativity is launched from mm. some sort of parameter, idea, question, thesis, mm. inspiration. But it's the ability mm. to envision something where nothing existed and envisioning mm. that using your your toolkit, right? So mm -hmm. each creator's toolkit is completely different. So myself, you... So and so, we all will, will, will use our tools in our own specific ways, and that's that's creativity. Yeah, I love it. So okay. to then <laughs> further down that path, there are a lot of people, whether it's people who don't consider themselves as artists, but you know, mm -hmm. I've worked with teens before, and I know that you work a lot with young people. That mm -hmm. sometimes they even feel like, oh, I'm not creative. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not mm -hmm. how my brain works. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. one, what do you say to those people? And mm -hmm. two, do you feel like creativity is something that you're born with or that it is something that you can develop? Mm -hmm. I think that, I think folks who say they're not creative just haven't found their tools yet, mm -hmm. right? Haven't found the like, mm -hmm. the the way in which they can be creative. And you can be creative with with words, with, you know, with music, mm -hmm. with painting, with coding, with, you know, like mm -hmm. pieces of paper, like creativity, there isn't, there isn't, you know, you have to be an artist to be creative. You can be a creative individual and use tools that feel maybe, you know, more square, I would say, like, meaning like, coding or spreadsheets man let me tell you what yeah. i've worked with some amazing project managers that are so creative with the way they use a spreadsheet i it blows my mind mm. you know and that is mm. it's that, that how do you use your skills your experience your story to to attack mm -hmm. a question idea problem you know existence right. and so so I think when I, you know, when people say they aren't creative, it's like, well, let's talk about your tools. Like what tools get you excited? Mm. You don't have to draw a picture to be creative. Mm. You can imagine right. a new recipe and that's creative. Um, I think mm -hmm. that, I do think that humans are innately creative. We, we invent, we have, we, we converse. 
conversations can be creative. We, we connect with each other. That is creative. That is manifesting mm-hmm. something when nothing exists previously. So, um, yeah. so I think it's, I, th- I think it's powerful to identify a creative moment for a human. Um, yeah. and, and it's yeah. just like, how do you navigate to get there and also celebrate small creative moments? Like you don't have to, you yeah. know, create a huge public art piece to like celebrate. You can create like a conversation yeah. with your neighbor and that's a really beautiful mm-hmm. moment to, um, celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Love that too. <laughs> so I, <sighs> had this this moment where I was trying to I'm the music director for my my band and mm-hmm. I had because of COVID we hadn't been together there are a lot of singers and I was mm-hmm. sitting down and I was like all right well, this is the longest I've gone without arranging or having a rehearsal mm-hmm. and I was like okay I'm gonna sit down and try this stuff mm-hmm. and I found that it was one very difficult mm-hmm. and two what was also difficult about it I was just like I could do better if this mm-hmm. could be more interesting this be more I want this to feel not like a cover but like our version of something and it was it was me putting that pressure on myself and as someone whose work is so different I'm wondering do you ever have those moments where just like I gotta make this more creative or like I gotta what does that look like for you and how does that feel all the time I all especially right now I think you know the past year has been so tough and feeling like I I mean I'm most creative when like you know I am with somebody else like I love to Mm -hmm. to improvise improvisation is a huge um, tool of mine and a huge way in which I get to know collaborators like let's get in a room let's just play Mm -hmm. like what's your vocabulary what's my vocabulary like that for me is the Mm -hmm. most exciting or just like Working with, you know, uh, a friend, a really close friend who's a clarinet player, like, I know her sound, I know how she breathes, like, that just, like, feels Mm. good, and, and, you know, so, Mm -hmm. so when I'm specifically, you know, especially in the last year, or if I'm composing, or in this last year, where you're just, like, by yourself, there's this questioning that occurs all the time, you're like, okay, have I written that before? I've done that before. I've played that before. Mm. Like I've had so mm-hmm. much of that this mm-hmm. year of just like, is this yeah. new? Does it have to be new? Like, uh, yes. And nice. I think I've, um, I've started to celebrate simplicity in a way that I never have in my past because I'm like, you know, Maria, you just made something like stop, like trying mm-hmm. to make it complex or, or like so mm-hmm. new that it, it is mind blowing. Like, for me this past mm-hmm. year has been like just celebrate like making like celebrate yes. that simplicity and and actually it's then mm-hmm. launched into some nice music making i think because i i mean it, again yeah. it takes a lot of pep talk to get there so you know i just did that in like 30 seconds sure. that would have probably been like half an hour of like internal <laughs> monologue um just so we're clear um, <laughs> but you know i just I do think that there's like this, I, I, and I hope I hold this even post-COVID of, like, celebrating mm-hmm. really small steps, celebrating simplicity, and, like, not feeling the pressure to redefine every piece of music I write and make because maybe yeah. it's okay to sound like yourself every once in a while or to just to, like, make something you like that's just there and yeah. that's what it is, yeah. you know? So, but it that's is, it's... Oh, it's yeah. it's been a mental oof, 
let me tell you, my friend, it's, there's been a lot, it's been a lot lately. So, um, but, but yeah, celebrating just small goals and small steps and simplicity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess now in the opposite direction, when you are in the zone, when you feel Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I got it. Some people call it like the hum or whatever. What does that feel like and look like for you when you're in that space? Totally. It is. uh, I love that space. It is like time stops because I'll work for four hours Mm. and not move. Or if I'm right, like if I'm producing or I'll just play and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, really late or, you know, the hours have gone by. And it's, it is this moment of um, just pure flow. And, and for Mm. me, and that's actually how a lot of my work gets written is like, I think about it a lot. I like try to plan and I like make little like notes, da, da, da. but then it's like I have to sit down and if the moment happens, I write a lot in one session and it just happens. Mm. And then I like step back mm. and I don't write the next section for like three days because I have to like, mm. and then I edit, you know? And so, so yeah, it's just definitely this moment of like fluidity, time stopping and true no distractions. Like I know when I'm not in the mm-hmm. flow because I'm like checking Facebook, which is like the worst thing. I hate it. Sure. Like I don't even read it. Yeah. I don't get anything out of it, but I still am like, mm-hmm. I wonder what's happening. And you know, mm-hmm. when, when I'm truly in the state of like creativity or flow and writing, it's, it's like, it's, it's go and it's joyful and it's like, it's good. Um, and I really need, I need a couple of those. It's been, it's been a tough week. So I'm like, I really need some flow states. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's like therapeutic yeah. how it is. Um, totally. And I can't and, always predict it. I'm sorry. It's not, yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, I'll just sit no, down no. and I'll, I'll anticipate working for like a half an hour. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. that it's gone. And then there'll be moments where I have like three hours mm. booked to play and work and, and practice. Mm. And I like maybe get 20 minutes of work done because they're just like, it's right. going to happen today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, I get that completely. And, and for me, I was saying it's not always easy. I think sometimes when we describe the, that flow state, it sounds like, oh, it's just pouring out of me. Yeah. And like, you know, oh, there no. it is. And at least for me, it's not always like that. It's like, yeah. no, no, I call them like delicious headaches. Like I'm oh, still yeah. working and I'm working very hard, but yeah. like, yeah, it's like a it's, a, it's a pain and it's a thoughtfulness that's like, very stimulating and I was like oh yes I'm in a zone and I want to like stay here and yes. I feel the yeah. gears turning totally there's the, yeah that desire to like keep going like it yeah there's I love that mm-hmm. there's like this hunger it's not easy but it's like mm-hmm. you're just hungry to get the next thing out to get the next idea out and like mm-hmm. to challenge yourself yeah I love that Jay mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah cool so last question okay um so if you, let me see, if you had a laboratory that you could design, if you had all the money in the world, all the technology in the world mm-hmm. that would ever exist, um, and you could create a laboratory uh, where you could do all of your creative work, what would it look like? What would be mm-hmm. there? Wow. Well, that's a pleasure to dream what would about. Maria's lab look like? Maria's lab. Okay. Right? So... This is so fun. It'd be huge first. It'd be like a gymnasium, okay. like like Gillette Stadium. Ooh, okay. And mm-hmm. it would be like filled with people and filled with like okay. musicians. Like it would be essentially 
like all my favorite artists <laughs> just like there. Mm. And essentially mm. it would be this moment where I feel like I we would we it would be this flow of like people would, you know, just be working. And we'd all just, you know, be mm. in our own spaces, but we come together like every couple hours. We'd share, we'd like find like, okay, I need da, 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 da for my idea. Come over here, let's do it. Or I'm like writing for violin. Mm. Hey, violinist, can you come and try this with me? And it'd be like the mm. laboratory would be actively pushing a lot of people to, to mm. keep asking themselves questions and, and experimenting with the idea that mm. like we get to just go and play and there's like, technology mm. at our fingertips we can just like projection map things there's drums everywhere mm. there's you know metallic sounds every you know there's like all the instruments are just mm. always hanging up always there right mm -hmm. and just like mm -hmm. playfully around and and then every night we would do something like that people would come in and there'd be stuff i don't know what it would be but wow at night it would just be a, this event and of course there'd have to be like youth components and all that stuff because we got to like mm -hmm. have young people in and embracing it but yeah it'd be massive stadium artists everybody's working and everyone's paid and we have pensions and we have health care and we have <laughs> um like we're all good and we just this is our like yeah. this is our nine to five like there we go we anyway, love it there you go <laughs> that's so great that's so cool and just yeah creating something every night and then kind of, it sounds like Burning Man in a way. And that like, yeah. and then the next day we do it all over again. You know what do I mean? It's just like we yeah. burn it down at the end and we do it all do over it all again. Over. That yep. is exciting. That it. is so interesting. Um, <laughs> I haven't thought about what my lab is going to look like, but I'm like, I think I need to steal a little bit of Maria's. When you I can, we have my friend, um, just steal away. Let's make it. <laughs> I love it. I'll be attached to yours. Yeah. Just on can the you, we'll just be in the lab <laughs> together. It'll be everybody's lab because. There it is. There it is. Um, okay, so how can folks learn more about you? Where can they follow you? Sure. What's all of your great information? For so, folks? so my um, kind of professional handle is at MF Dynamics, which is just kind of my creative studio that I put all of my work under. So um, that's Instagram and oh, all the things, Facebook, etc. If you want to follow my personal Instagram, it's at Maria Fink Perk, P-E-R-C, percussion. Um, and that just has a, a little bit more of a personal flavor to it. Um, and my website is mariafinkelmeyer.com and it has my portfolio and um, you can listen to music and watch videos. Um, but I'm most active on Instagram and and you can email me too. My email's on my website. Happy to like, I love to connect. Connection is where art exists. So. Yeah. I mean, I think you've proven that um, over the course of this conversation, how much you love connection. So, so that's beautiful. Mm, thanks, well, thank you so much for this conversation. It was fascinating. And um, I think people will really enjoy it. So thank you. I hope so. Thanks, Jay, for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks. Absolutely. Dexter's Lab is made possible by a partnership between the Boston Foundation and Dunamis. To learn more about the Boston Foundation, visit www.tbf.org. Follow on Instagram at BostonFDN and on Facebook at the Boston Foundation. You can follow Dunamis on all platforms at Dunamis Boston. That's D-U-N-A-M-I-S Boston or visit us at dunamisboston.org. Until next time and thanks for listening. Stay creative.